were just talking about when you, we were on the road with um, Arrested Development and Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy, right. uh, respectively. Exactly. I don't know if respectably would be the word, but respectively. Yes. And um, that's, we're looking at about 23 something 92, years ago. 92, right? Oh, yeah, so maybe almost. Yeah. Was it well, 1992-ish? No, it was earlier than what, that. What, 91? Yeah, because I was out of there yeah. by 90, end of 91. I was, I was too. out of hip-hop. Wasn't I? I was done. I think I was I done, think. too. Yeah. It was like 91. But we were just you were just telling me about how you ended up in Atlanta from yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, I, I, you know, originally from New Jersey and um, wanted to be in the music business. And I was up here in a couple of, well... I was here and singing in school and doing those things, and I was in a band too, up here in Plainfield, New Jersey. Uh -huh. And so, you know, the guy that was bless his heart was the you know the band leader and the guy who um, created the band. You know, he was a little tone deaf. Oh, that's a, that's unfortunate. And it was unfortunate because we really couldn't <laughs> get anywhere. You know, oh, we couldn't man. really get anywhere because. Um, you know, he wanted to sing all the songs, and yeah. you know, everybody tried to convince him, why don't you let Dion sing a couple of the songs? And he's like, this is my band. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was it was tough because I, I was learning then, it wasn't um, where you were or what you knew, it was who you knew. And I didn't know anybody mm. in New York. I didn't really know the scene. I was yeah. not on it like that. Well, so. if you're a teenager or young in your early 20s, chances are, if you live in New Jersey, Especially where you live, closer to Trenton, yeah. Princeton. Yeah, but I'm of. saying because New York was in such close proximity mm -hmm. to there, you know, you figure, well, there it is. It's over there waiting for me. But I didn't know anything or anyone. And, um, you know, just got a little frustrated about just really wanting to figure out. I wanted to be a singer because I didn't really understand the music business or the music industry. So I never said I wanted to get into the music industry. I was like, mm -hmm. I want to be a singer. And, um, you know, that was the goal. And so my dad was in Atlanta. Um, and I was just so frustrated. And I was like, I need to go somewhere else mm -hmm. and do something mm -hmm. else. And so the band that I worked with, the guy who was our manager at the time, moved to Atlanta. And he was working in another management company situation. So I had kept in touch with him. And um, he was telling me about this young cat named Jermaine Dupree. You know, you should, mm -hmm. you should try to, you know, maybe you should work with him or something like that or whatever. And so when I finally got down to Atlanta, um, you know, I linked up with them. And um, that's initially how I met Arrested Development, you know, because um, when I was with the management company in Atlanta, I started working with Jermaine and I started writing with him and recording mm -hmm. with him. And Jermaine actually asked me to be his first artist on his first his label deal when he got it with with um, with Sony. And at the time, because I had had so much difficulty with the management company, which was, you know, his father's was a part of that as well, and he was my manager. And I just was learning all these things about the music industry. There was such a conflict of interest, uh -huh. and I kept saying, "There's a conflict of interest here. There's a conflict of interest here." <laughs> And they didn't so, want your Jersey attitude. No, they in didn't. Atlanta. They were like, shut up and just right. do what everybody else is exactly. doing. Why are you keep asking exactly. all these questions? Just shut up and do what everybody else has been doing for the last 50 years. Right. Why are you, you know, asking questions like this? And so I, you know, I, I told him, I said, I would love to work with you because I, I love working with you. But yeah, I was like, if your dad's involved, I don't want to, I don't really want to do it. You know what I mean? So I kind of 
left that alone and um but you know between that time i had met arrested development and they were at that time speech headliner uh were the two that were the founding fathers if you mm -hmm. will of that group and um ishii was there and i remember um i remember going to a show and meeting them and kind of thinking that you know speech was a little strange you know just kind of vibrations you know you just uh, i didn't know he was him. the leader of the, the he was band. the leader of the yeah. band and just i didn't i didn't know him you know what i mean and i didn't you know i just was kind of peeping game you know what i'm saying and sure. peeping his vibe and everything it was like eh, you know okay and so later on you know as they were kind of progressing and moving forward he you know was looking for um to get the rest of the group together and he was trying to figure out specific pieces he wanted mm -hmm. you know this type type of person and that type of person and, and uh specifically they were looking for you know a big buxom woman that could could sing uh -huh. you know could blow you know and the, the fat lady sings that kind uh -huh. of thing and so you know they asked me and we kind of you know become cordial with one another uh -huh. at that point in time because we were signed to the same management company so we would you know do different events together and things of that nature and so they asked me if i knew you know anybody like that and I was like I don't <laughs> I don't you know I don't do know anyone who would like to consider themselves well I mean I didn't even you know at that point yeah. I was still kind of like you know I did I didn't really know the vibe the total vibe but um I was like I don't so eventually they were like well we need somebody to sing you know some songs and um at that time the management company was they had me in another girl group and you know was they were trying to make it like because In Vogue was just out. Oh, yeah. And they were trying to make it like In Vogue meets LaBelle. And we were going to wear um, football shoulder pads, you know, these <laughs> crazy like looks and everything. And, you know. They had all that stuff together even before a right, note of music. Because I was, was the last there. one to get in the group. They had auditioned all these ladies to get in the group. And, you know, Bart was like, why don't you just come down and audition for this group? And that's how I kind of got in there, I was like, well, okay. And they were like, we want you in the group. All the rest of the girls were like, we want you in the group, we want you in the group. And I was always the oddball in the group because they were all sultry and that's- Aha, I thought that's that was, yeah. it's the tea thing It's going. the teacup, Kevin. I should know better. And um, they were all sultry and, you know, from Miami and, you know, and I was from New Jersey and I had my little rugged edge and I had yeah. my combat boots on. Yeah, and yeah. They wanted me to wear heels. And at that time I had done pageants in New Jersey. And so I was through with all of the sure. heels and the, and the gowns. And I was like, I don't feel like doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I can't really I was, picture you. Sorry. I have to show you on the Internet. <laughs> it, I put it. I, it's, it's finally up. I have I have my when I won. Yeah, because when I met you, you were you were very short hair yeah. with overalls yes. and Birkenstocks right. and I was like oh it's a it's a, a fellow Berkeley hippie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I always I always opted for comfort. Yeah in an know? era when that was not really right. easy to do especially right. if you were in the public eye. No it yeah. wasn't and, and, and um, so you know we did that and I was like it didn't work out and I wanted to do the solo thing and uh, Finally, the Arrested Development thing kind of came along and they were like, well, can you sing some of these songs with us? And so one thing led to another and I ended up singing on three of their songs, one of which was Tennessee, which became a hit. And that's Big how hit. we, you know, got out on the road. And, sure, sure. And I met you and, and I remember meeting you and I remember seeing you play and I remember Michael Franti Sorry. asking 
me to come on your set and do Sly Stone's, um, what about the song with the blood, the bloods? Oh, yeah, What's yeah, the song? Yeah. Um, it's a family it's affair. It's a family affair. Right, right, right. And I was like, I don't know, you know, I don't know if I should do it. He was like, I want you to come and sing on there. Uh, and, and I did that, and the vibe was just, I remember you playing in the background, and I remember singing it, and I remember looking back at you like, wow, this guy is awesome, oh, you know what I'm saying? You. Seriously, you know, no, 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 you know, smoke up the butt, none of that, <laughs> none of that. And um, I just really thought that was great. And so, you know, when we were kind of doing the sound checks and stuff, you would be diddling with the p with the uh, guitar yeah that would be the only time that i would get a chance to really play i was always was trying like, to show off a little bit for whoever was on the tour well and, it was uh, great for me because i would always kind of you know flock towards you when you were playing the, the guitar and, and um guitar i sound like i'm from uh, yeah that's like the 40s that's the, the guitar mom. when you was playing the guitar child see when you was playing that guitar boy i tell you <laughs> So, you know, I just, I was like, really, I really wanted to do something with you. And then you went on to do all these fantastic things and work on all these other people's records. And I was like, I would I do it? I would have worked with it. Yeah, but we we tried to. And um, I remember talking to you before you you had your record, after you went through whatever rigmarole Mm. you had gone through with Arrested Development. And and I went through my rigmarole with Hypocrisy, which I'm assuming was easier than your rigmarole because basically I was hired at a very cheap weekly rate and I kept getting them to bump it up and finally I was just like, you know what, I got enough gigs at home to no, do this. No, so, so I'll was I. I was, really, I, I, was, yeah. I, was, I was hired as well and, and that was the thing about it. You have to watch TV One's Unsung. It's a, it's a, it's a um, program. Yes, have you seen it? Yeah, you I know have about not it? seen it, but well, I do. Well, you have to watch yeah. the Arrested Development Unsung. Oh, there is one. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Okay, I'm and gonna watch it because I know those people. <laughs> a lot of the details. It was so funny because I actually opted to do it. You know, at first I was like, I don't want to do it, but then I was like, Yeah, I should do it. I should mm-hmm. absolutely do it because this is a different time, and 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 space now. You know, and the opportunity is just always a benefit yeah. it's always yeah. a good thing to do so i was like yeah i definitely should do it and then i you know want to make sure that let me tell my side of the story mm-hmm. on what of course. my of portion course. of it of was course. and so it was a good thing but you have to i'm watch go- okay it. it's I'm oh my god people it. if you have not seen it <laughs> you have got to i don't know if it's even on the internet now maybe you can um i think yeah. it was like you could you could demand on demand or something oh, like okay that. all right so I'm, I'm gonna do it. Just get it. Okay, just watch I will. It. I will. It was a doozy. I will. Okay. I'm. I remember. It was know, a doozy. Hey, listen, I was like, oh my god. Listen, anytime you have people <laughs> in their early twenties, right. and they're sailing that kind of a that's ship, it. and there's that much that's fame it. and money and personalities and, and really, securities at stake, right. you are going to have a Shakespearean play yes. to write about it. You already end. know, and that's really what it was. You know, at the end of the day, that's what that that was my conclusion. You know, because I said, okay, look, we're twenty years past this point sure. and we were all young yeah. we were kids yeah, yeah. you know everybody was trying to do yeah. the same thing and nobody really had a, a grasp on how to do it right. it right. was all fresh and sure. and you know what in uh, you know I remember being in hypocrisy hated it hated the music loved those guys mm-hmm. I was a total jazz like right fascist guy. I was right. just I wasn't hearing anything but Joe Pass and Wes Montgomery. Right. You know, you listen back to that stuff and you're like, well, you know what, when you think about what was going on at the time, what hypocrisy was doing, I mean, Michael's lyrics were fantastic, yeah. Rano's thing was fantastic, and you think about the performance and you think about Arrested Development, yeah. 
And I mean, yeah, you guys, a lot of the music they were struggling with mm -hmm. because they weren't musicians. Most of the people, other than you and I, mm -hmm. uh, were, and Simone, and maybe a few other people were like one of the, some of the only musicians right. in that thing. Right. And, but you know, it was a great record and it was a great show. It the Arrested was. Development show was very, very good. It was. And, and I, I say that just because I was not interested in hip hop at all, at in the all. least. Right. Yet, I was in hypocrisy or I went touring with Michael Duo mm -hmm. and I had my ears opened. I right. mean, because we were open for Public Enemy mm -hmm. and Gangstar, mm -hmm. Freestyle Fellowship, all the bands that were really happening at that point. And when you and I go home and I get the records, I'm like, wow, this is fantastic, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But remembering that the shows weren't very good, even like De La Soul, which is a record I love, mm -hmm. you know, and and I'm in a I am like a self admitted not a hip hop like no gotcha. I like what I like. I'm right. like one of those old people who says like he likes jazz right. and says he likes Kenny G or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like I'm I but I know from having been at that point in time when that music was coming out, I know how good it, it is mm -hmm. and how good it was. Mm -hmm. And all whatever troubles and issues there were, that Arrested Development thing, it was a great record when it came out. Yeah, it was. And people weren't doing that. Mm -mm. People weren't doing something that you would say culturally, whatever that means, would have been hip-hop, but it was, it was not... The subject matter was more or less uplifting. Yeah, because we, and you know, interesting. Yeah, hip hop started to change, you know, at that point in time, because that's when the gangster rap kind of mm -hmm. started to come in. So all of the self destruction and all of the the, the message music was kind of played out at that time. So mm -hmm. you know, you started moving into this other area, and so for Arrested Development to be up against hip hop um, that was changing into this gangster type style of music was um, a feat within itself, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And for mm -hmm. them to go on and win, um, you know, nominations and, and Grammys and, and MTV awards, you know, best rap video, mm -hmm. that was a great thing. Yeah. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember Ice-T, uh, he, he, he was the one that read the card when they won the award. <laughs> I was hilarious. I was what like, where was that on? What was that? This was on the MTV Awards, oh, wow. and Ice T was the one that read the card. And, and you like, the look on his face. Was, yeah, I was like, yeah. what the? <laughs> it's like ah, arrested development. Like, oh god! But you know, that at that point in time, you know, the people had championed mm -hmm. that group. You know what yeah. I mean? The people really, yeah. really loved yeah. it. And and what I hear even now, you know, like years later, you know, people are like, oh my god. I love that group. Why didn't you guys stay together? Oh, yeah, and, you know, that's always the case. The nostalgia. Yeah. They want yeah. that, all of that. And I'm like, you know, somebody asked me, you know, well, why, you know, what happened? I said, well, it had gone for me as far as it could go. Right, of course. I wasn't going to yeah, be able yeah. to progress and develop and grow in that mm -hmm. environment of arrested development. No, no, no. You know, and then later on, that word... That title, that 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 it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, it was well, like, it I can't does. do it. It always does in those bands, just like the disposable heroes of hypocrisy. Right. Well, you know, I mean, Michael is incredibly brilliant as he is. Mm -hmm. You know, you when you when you go to dance the dance, you get caught up in the dance, and yeah. before you know it, it's midnight and you've turned into a pumpkin. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And and that's what happens to even the the brightest people when mm -hmm. they they go down that road. There's just yeah, I don't know. It's like trying to it's like trying to sail a ship in a hurricane. You know, you Ooh. might as well just forget about it. Yeah, you, you forget know? forget about it. Yeah, you got to be a very special kind of a 
Absolutely. person to be able to navigate that. Absolutely. You know? So we're here, you know, 20 years later and I'm, I'm here with you. Yeah. I'm like, you know, what did I hit you on uh, Facebook or something? We, yeah, I think it was on, I don't know, it was, I think I, you know, I was doing the trolling, my Facebook because um, I like my Facebook thing, like mm-hmm. the people I know. It's it's someone like, you know, our age. It's good, you know. You're supposed to be all all like curmudgeonly about it, mm-hmm. but I, for the most part, I like it, and especially my fan page because I just like to. They ask me questions, and I love to answer questions mm-hmm. back and get it because there's always something that I don't know, and there's always people with expertise right. that I don't right. have. Right. But I think that that I saw you on some of the people you may know. Kind of, oh, a thing. Okay, you know gotcha. what I mean. I was like, oh, boom, and right. then I hit you there. But I remember um, getting a call from you um, right when I had signed with Blue Note Records. So this is about ninety five. Because I did have your number for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I did. And and I, I talked sure to did. you whenever. When did you have your daughter? Ninety six. So it was then. Okay. Because you were, had just had a baby. Okay. And I had been signed a couple of years, and and you were like, well, I'd love to, we let's try to get some together. And I'm like, yes, yes, mm-hmm. please. You know. And I remember time, that I had, conversation now. Yeah, I had a manager, and um, I was like, I would love to do this, but I was so busy. I mean, I was out on that the road eight months yeah. a year That's with right. a bunch of different bands, and I think it was one of those things where all the best intentions. Yeah. You couldn't. We couldn't connect the the That's dots. Right. You That's know? right. That's um, right. That's right. But and then, shortly thereafter, or it was, or maybe it was right after you had that song. Hopeless. No, I, I know I what know. you're doing. Okay. And I remember hearing that song, and um, you know, I'm the big like I rarely hear anything on the radio that mm-hmm. I like. But every year I'll hear like a couple things and go, oh, what's that song? I like right. that song. And that was one of those songs. Wow. And then it turned out it was you, and I was like, I know. Her. Right. <laughs> I told my bandmates because we. Just, I mean, we were touring the world, but you know, we were touring the world pay, playing to 150 people, 200 yeah. people. Okay. I know her. <laughs> I know her. That's funny. <laughs> I know her. Really, I do. Seriously. So, I mean, and it was inter- interesting to me at the time that that song came out because it didn't have, you know, be, be, when you're like us and you've spent so much time inside the music industry. You start to understand how non-musicians' minds mm. work, and they usually really want something that's very specific that they can market to a very specific audience. Mm-hmm. Until someone comes along, like Nirvana, and tips it over, or Sly Stone, right. or Jimi Hendrix, or or somebody like um, the Eagles, what, whatever it may, right. whoever it may be, at that their time. They they shift the paradigm. Mm-hmm. They're that strong. Then everyone's trying. Then all those people are trying to sign bands exactly, exactly like, like that. that. Exactly. But when your stuff came out, I was like, okay, this is gonna be tough mm-hmm. to keep going because at that time, at least I felt that the format, radio formatting, which was important back then, and very. the video thing was very important. Very. I was just like, this is going to be interesting to see where this goes, just because everything, I mean, I hate to use the term ghettoized because it's so gauche, Mm -hmm. but in terms of those people wanting to push things to specific audiences and demanding more or less that you fit into a specific thing, that, you know, long story short, when I heard what you were doing, I was like, wait a minute, well, this kind of is, would have 
to me, it's just music. I mean, I right. just listen to a lot of music, and it's like Duke Ellington said: there's the good stuff and there's the other stuff, right. you know. But it had elements of what then would have been thought of as kind of like edgier, more rock-oriented stuff. Right. There was some R&B kind of um, aesthetic, and also some hip-hop attitude. Mm-hmm. It was all these the, the and right. good songwriting, good lyrics, mm-hmm. all of these kinds of things were going on, and I was just like, this is gonna not be confusing for listeners it's going to be confusing for marketers and it was and so talk to and it talk was to i mean you you hit the nail on the head it was you know i came into the system um the columbia system with 17 songs already done and they accepted all of them they were like we want to do a record with you and i know was their their bread and butter and they really did not have a plan. They just wanted to sign me. They mm-hmm. were like, we love her. We're going to sign her. And they did. You know, wow. Randy Jackson, uh, American Idol fame, was, was my A&R director yeah. at the time. And he signed me. And um, like I said, I had 17 songs. I think like 12 songs made it on there. And um, they didn't know where to go after mm. I know. And my suggestion, you know, and I'm not, I'm new to the music industry and how it works, but... You know, I had studied and lived with this music and created this mm-hmm. music with, you know, with all these different um, musicians and things of that nature. So I had had an opportunity to have my um, focus group and my, you know, wow. all of those kinds they of things and stuff, have people, yeah. you know, sit down and say, OK, what song sure. is drawing you in? What song so you're saying you you're not this is not your own picture of it you actually got friends and other people yeah we, we, we did we know. did uh, listening parties and we talked we, we talked about the music mm-hmm. and we asked people to talk about the music and what they felt about the music and give their opinions so when Columbia came into the picture I had some ideas about okay this is where we should go as far as marketing was concerned and I was fresh off the you know fresh off the boat not understanding that but as soon as I understood I was like okay this is where we need to go with this and this is what we need to do with that and they were looking at me once again we don't want your jersey get out of here why are you what are you mm-hmm. doing you be quiet what? <laughs> sit in the corner and just be cute you know and and I was I said to them I said well you know you guys love I know and that's that's awesome but remember I came from a, a hip hop group mm-hmm. you know that was labeled a hip hop group and you're putting the sticker on my new record that says I'm from Arrested Development, I've written a song that talks about me leaving Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. So why don't we, you know, service this song to those people? Because everybody's not going to get to know me through I Know. Mm -hmm. And you're leaving some folks out. Right, right. And they were looking at me like, get the hell out of here. What is your problem? Which Which was the right thing to do. But at that time, they said, we don't do double singles and we don't do things of that nature. So I was really ahead of my time still, even even with the, the ideas that I had about how the music should go. You know, I even I, I did um, Saturday Night Live and we did I Know. And the second song I did was Blackbird, you know, the acoustic mm-hmm. version of Blackbird. And I'm thinking, OK, we did those two songs. Why isn't that going to be a single at some point? You know, if you're introducing these, these this song to to the audience, and so um, I went on the road. I went on the road with uh, Vibe magazine. They did a, t- a tour with me, and I did a black college tour. And everybody embraced me and said, "Oh my God, we love you. We love this record, but we can't play it because it's not our format." Whoa! So yeah, I was on a right. black 
uh, college tour with the single I Know. Mm. And I could only go and interview, but they couldn't play the song. Mm -hmm. And so all of the um, black college pr programmers kept saying, we are getting people asking if, if um, they, they, were, they were wanting the 11th hour. And Which that, was the song, the song you that, suggested. The song that I suggested exactly, about exactly. leaving Arrested Development. Yeah. And they were like, can we play this song? Yeah. And I had no, no power yeah. to say, yes, play this song on your station. And I, I, I suggested, well, you know, we may not get everybody through the same door. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's get some people from here, let's get some people from there, and then they'll all be right. in the same room. Which is, that's music's general function through the years anyway. Mm -hmm. It is a language which is supposed to be create convergence right you know um and yeah i understand i mean listen when i was on blue note granted it's a it was a infinitely smaller situation than what mm -hmm. you had going on uh, but and they were good people and they really meant well mm -hmm. you know um but you know the the whole idea of marketing was like we have a bazooka there's a barn we're going to put all of you in the bazooka and shoot it at the barn. So I would be marketed right. along with people who were really like straight ahead, great artists mm -hmm. who are my age, but were real straight ahead jazz artists. And mm -hmm. it's just like, I mean, really for the jazz audience, maybe 10% of them, 15 wow. max mm -hmm. would like what I was doing at mm -hmm. the time. And, um, but, but, you know, we were just like, okay, well then we're getting in a van and we're going around the country and we're going to get, we're going to get these quote unquote urban people mm -hmm. and we're going to get the hippies mm -hmm. and we're going to get all these different right. people because those are the audiences that will allow you to have a career right and also luckily most of it was music you wanted to play anyway right. so so we did that we, we could do that but I, I totally remember being very very frustrated at yeah, the fact what, that, yeah. it, that it was just like well wait a minute I mean, I'm like 26 years old. Mm -hmm. I'm a musician, you know? It's like I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I get up every morning and I dot all my I's and I cross all my T's mm -hmm. and we do it this way and right. the work gets done and we do very, it, not, it's, it's, it's difficult. So why is it so difficult for you guys to market? They just this. had one. It's fun. It should be one fun. template, and well, that was exactly it. it. It's just, that's exactly. Does it, it fit in the template? You know, we put in the square peg in the round hole. Is it working? It's not working. Ah, toss the baby out mm -hmm. with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. And that was really, like you said, it's, it was extremely frustrating because after that song played and you know created all these records on the radio because they couldn't. It was good, but they couldn't figure out where to go next. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the song I know caught on, and then it caught fire. And radio stations at that point were just playing the song because mm -hmm. it was requested. Mm -hmm. They loved it, and it just went and it went and it went and it went. And they were like, "Well, when's the second single coming out?" And so here we go from "I know what you're doing" mm -hmm. to "Don't ever touch me again," which is this dark, sad, uh -huh. moody, depressing song. And they wanted me to do. Um, all the morning radio stations that are <laughs> oh god oh, no. wake up everybody oh, and i'm no. like she screams out every night in a billion tears yeah, yeah. okay wait a minute like you said i'm not the smartest you know smartest uh peg in the in whatever you know what i mean <laughs> whatever the little slogans are but this doesn't make sense because one you have this song where 
it's it's very dark. It's very moody. Mm-hmm. We're going from this super fun, bright, upbeat song right. to this very very dark, um, deep topic type of song. And and I wasn't mad because I wrote the song. Mm-hmm. But I was like, whatever this song is going to lend itself to, I'm not ready to be the poster child. Exactly. For that. Yeah. You know, I'm here to right now to have a good time and you know sing my songs and mm-hmm. and and go to the next place. And so, it did lend itself to those we want you to come to the women's shelter and we want i, I wasn't ready yeah i was like i don't yeah, want to do yeah. it and at that time that's when the the uh simpson case was was oh, happening yeah right wow. and so uh the brown simpson's sister after the case went down she started going around to talk to women about being battered and all this stuff and they somebody told me she's using your song as her theme song when she walks on stage that's what they're playing wow. Wow. and you know the president of the company at this time said this is going to be the the song that you know identifies you as a real artist this is your soul asylum song uh-huh. and i'm like i'm on i'm on the road with dave matthews right here and these people are ready to throw cans at me <laughs> on stage until we get to i know right and then they're like ah oh, i know right, that song exactly. that's her. Yeah. okay you know yeah, yeah. and i was the darling at that point in time of vh1 so i'm like mm-hmm. where's the the disconnect here if i'm on vh1 like 24 hours a day and people know this song and it's running on radio why don't they know exactly who i am and all that good stuff and and, and i'm on the dave matthews tour and then we're, we're going uh they finally get to the the um what i'm trying to say they finally get to the uh merchandising table and they're asking you know well when's your record coming out I'm like, the record's already out. Whoa. So they couldn't find the record? It's already out. So wow. what, that's not that's not my department. No. I'm doing no. everything that you're asking me yeah. to do. Yeah. And you're saying, well, you got to do this. Or you got to yeah. do that. And I'm doing yeah. everything that you're asking me to do. And there is a major disconnect yeah. here between me and that song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we go to Don't Ever Touch Me Again. And they were like, all right, go make another record. And I'm like, what? What about this? Right. And they threw me a bone and gave me another single, which, you know, was not service to be played. It was just they gave me a video Mm -hmm. and appease her and, you know, pat her on the head. Sure, sure. Go make another record. And at that point, my, my, you know, the taste in my mouth was completely soured Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, I felt like I had put my heart and soul into this record for two singles if you will and then you guys feel like okay it didn't work go go do because they didn't know what to do hmm. they didn't know what to do and so i used oh couple, believe couple me of, i've been down that road couple of years later this was the kicker too this is a couple of years later i had um been asked to be a part of this um what's this forum um you know that was with sony and and um Epic and Columbia. Oh, you were telling me like a women. Yeah, powerful, and it was like this powerful women, women in the music thing, industry, yeah. and I was like, I can't even get you know singles of you know right. the, my my ideas across of how am I powerful, but I can't even get my records in the store. You know what yeah. I mean? And so one of the ladies said to me um, at that time, she comes to me and she was uh, I think she worked at Epic at the time. I don't really remember her specific name, but she says to me, she comes to me and she says, you know, 
everything that your record, everything that Columbia didn't do right for you, all of all the errors that they made, you know, we figured them out and we did it and we did it on Macy Gray and we won. Woo! Two things though that come to mind when I hear you say something like that. One is, yeah, thanks for rubbing my face in it. Right. Two is, honestly, thanks for the you know info exactly and for yeah. making me feel like you know what yeah i i you know i'm not being gaslighted like this no. was real what i had you know thought about what exactly you know. all the things that i i'm like you guys don't know what you're doing mm. you know mm. and and you're looking at me like well trying to pretend in this situation that you do but they just didn't know what to do with me and it was because i was a black female and i was not doing Rhythm and excuse me, yeah. R and B. Right, right. You know, and I was not talking about yeah. ooh baby, let's be sexy. Right, right. I wasn't talking about that. You know, I yeah. I was. I remember sitting. Your record home. didn't have like you with a satin gown with a rose. Oh my God, you you don't you don't even understand. <laughs> the cover was an issue. Oh, Everything. There was a fight yeah, yeah. to actually. Once I was signed, and like I said, the seventeen songs were already there. But once I was signed, I, I learned that, you know, they're trying to constantly push you, move you in the direction that they really want you to go in or the direction that yeah. they feel like they can market you in. Well, the way that I always felt about it, about like the record industry situation, and not just from my own experience, mm -hmm. but other people I played with, is it's kind of like, I mean, I don't know if you speak a foreign language, but I speak French I mm -hmm. decently. Mm -hmm. from, not great. Gotcha. Not great. But what you start realizing is that you're trying to learn the language, because I lived over there, I was a street musician, gotcha. you know. You're trying to learn the language at the same time, but you're also trying to kind of uh, shepherd the conversation into situations where you know how to say speak. those words, you know right? How to say those phrases. I know these words. <laughs> you know, right. like you're basically you're, you're constantly kind of pushing the conversation towards your areas of expertise, gotcha. and that's what I feel like the yeah. record companies always did. They would always try to push analogy. an artist toward their area of expertise, and oftentimes their area of expertise was very small. Very. And also, it was it was adjudicated by. The quote-unquote marketplace yeah and it's basically like there's not a lot of alphas mm -hmm. you know and they're waiting for something to happen because there's also as you know if you when you would go to have a pop visit to your record company there's this 50 percent of the work they're getting done the other 50 percent is everyone's machiavellian dynamics with one another in order to either mm. keep their job or get mm -hmm. somebody else's job so and, as I mean, an artist, you're wow. like, what's going on? And and it's and it you definitely feel like, you know, at any time somebody could just smack me on the head from behind, and I'll never know what happens. Yeah, you and know? you know, I did, I didn't, I I had never been in the the workplace like that, or in a workplace where people could. And the other thing, they could, they could. Let me just finish that that thought. People could do terrible, do poorly get fired, and then go get another job doing the same thing at another record oh, company. Oh, the revolving door was uh, Yeah, I, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, and I, I remember saying, <laughs> you know what? I would rather be an employee here. I would rather you guys give me a salary because you're, 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 you're blowing smoke up my ass Telling yeah. me that I'm the yeah. you know I'm the cat's meow here, exactly. but I'm really the lowest man on the totem pole. Well, yes, you are. Did you, did you have medical insurance? Well, oh, no, no. Wait, let me tell you. Did. Let me tell you. The wait, no, did. let me tell you. I was 
in somebody's office one time and I was looking around and I said, seriously, they thought I was joking. I said, you know what? I would rather be an employee because I'd rather get a salary. You guys have uh, an expense account, credit cards, an office. Um, you have accessibility. You have uh, medical. Mm -hmm. You have all these things. I don't. Yeah. But I'm supposedly the one that's actually holding this whole ship up. Right. But I'm the lowest man yeah. on the totem pole. Yeah. So I would rather, you know what? Let me be a glorified employee for yeah. real. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You guys can blow smoke up my ass, but I still get medical like you. Exactly. I still get yeah, all the other yeah, things yeah, like sure. And they were like, ha, 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 you're so funny. I said, no, yeah, I, yeah. Want, I want stationary. Well, and because <laughs> I want stationary. The, the fact of the matter is, if you're on a record label for five years and you get paid a fraction of what the CEO gets paid. Say you get paid $100,000 a year for five years mm -hmm. and you get benefits and you get stock options, you get all this. By the end of it, you're gonna come out way, way farther ahead than you would if you're running the ship. Because what a lot of people don't know is they'll see, oh, you know, Dion Ferris or someone else who, who has a big hit. And, and they, they, because the vagaries of the business are, are just so hard to grasp for people who are not in it, they assume, oh man, she's living she's large all loaded. the time. She's making a you know, cash. she's making. But the, the, but that's the they perception that yeah. they also project to keep the, the whole thing going. You know, yeah. and that was the other thing I saw. It's like okay, and and suggestions come to you as an artist. Well, now you got to get a bigger house because you have to keep up well, yeah. the perception the of the game. You have to walk the walk. Yeah. So you got to. That's why you know everybody's spending all their money on getting all this jewelry or. Or, you know, I think, you know, at one point in time, even Cribs, you know, they were like, well, we're yeah. going to rent you a house and we're going to put you on Cribs. Right, right, yeah. It's the perception. Wrote a song about it, too. Yeah, no. Yeah, um, and so I was learning all these things and going, where am I? There's you know, no like, such thing where, as bad where, press. Where yeah. am I? What, what, yeah. what, what, what world is this? I don't know this world. And so yeah. all of that kind of made me go... I really just wanted to sing, you know yeah, what I mean? I, sure. I don't know about this part. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that's when I found that I was going to, you know, have a child. And they were even like, you know, what about your career? You know, what if, yeah, what yeah. about your career? I mean, what about your career? And I'm going, what about it? I mean, I, I'm not having a good time yeah. here. And I'm not really making right. any money. And I'm struggling on the road yeah. with Dave Matthews. And people are going back to the tent saying, you know, I want to buy her record. And it's not there. And I can't, I can't get it wholesale for you guys because exactly. it's not in the contract oh you know God. and people are like well where's your record and when is it coming out it's already out the, the insanity was just real for me and i was like i don't think i want to do this anymore yeah which was you know it was not a good thing for me to think you know what i mean it was just like you can't do it maybe you shouldn't do it this way but you you right. were right in saying that you wanted to sing and that i felt like i should be singing yeah. and that was my purpose yeah. you know it's what a mean? calling you don't have a choice one way or the other right I mean, it just it's keeps like, coming it's, it's, it just yeah. doesn't stop so look if you had if someone said look you get a choice do you want to um live a, like a normal life with your kids do this you get benefits or do you want to spend like most of it pushing a van uphill with the brakes <laughs> on and people throwing things at you and slandering you and you're like well i'll choose the second one <laughs> You're not, that's a calling. Right. And that's what happens right. to you, you right. know, and we love what we do. And, and I'm thankful, really. I totally yeah. am. No matter how low the career got or whatever, I'm really thankful that I got to be on this ride and still get to go to my shed yeah. every day and practice and get better because that's yeah. all I ever wanted to do in the first place. And that's, that's really what it is. That's why I said yeah, after the chaos kind of, uh, you know, went away and, 
you know, the internet kind of got stronger and people are like, where are you? And I'm going, really? You guys are looking for me? Yeah. You know, yeah. Really? And people are like, we need to hear your voice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, see me on the street and I'm thinking nobody knows who I am. And they're like, yeah. are you kidding me? We, we love you. I'm like, seriously? You know, like, <laughs> really? And, um, you know, just that whole, like you said, that calling on your, on your life, like, I can't stop singing. I mean, you know, I just had to figure out, okay, how do you do this now? And, mm -hmm. you know, with these great platforms like Pledge Music and mm -hmm. Kickstarter and, you know, just being connected to the audience and reconnecting because my whole thing is trying to gather the core of the people mm -hmm. up and then reach out to new people and create new, exactly. new interests and new different kinds of things. Um, but, you know, it is a ride. It's, it is. it's definitely a ride that... Um, I don't have a choice. No. I really don't have a choice. I've tried to get a job. Yeah, me too. I have. And, it's, and, <laughs> and they generally go, okay, now where have you been in 20 years? What have you been doing? <laughs> well, I haven't been in your industry, but... I was in another industry. Right. It's kind of like working for the mob. Yeah, it's you like... You can't put it on your, you can't put it on your CV. You no, know? it's like, what? You, you, have, you have no job history. It's like, yeah, I've been, yeah. I've been working. But, but I was really good at what I did. I used to assassinate people. Nobody knew. Yeah, so you can't really do it. So that's why I said this is this is it. That you know the 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 hill pushing the van with the brakes yeah. on and people throwing it. Yeah. But you know, there's a big difference between people our age and people who are the millennials. You know, people who are in their twenties now. Um, they're for us. We developed a name for ourselves in an yeah, era. And if you when didn't do that, still then, so right. we can still use that. That's right. For these other people, the, the younger people coming up, it's very hard, you know, for them to to manifest their careers that way. And it makes the, their pathways to that success. I, mean, I was talking with a younger person trying to get a career in music together. And, you know, basically it's like what they're kind of feeling, and I think it's legitimate, is that they are being judged by standards that no longer exist or are relevant to today mm. yet there are none of the perks or opportunities that were available when those standards were in play mm -hmm. so it's like a big it's a catch-22 for them now. and they have to do so many other things outside of and i'm not saying that you shouldn't diversify but they have to do so many other things outside of creating like you said we had an opportunity to create a name in this particular space right right well, they gotta be able to multitask yeah and you know be a showman and be oh, a, you know a, everything you know a, a sex pot or whatever yeah so to get you know even there mm -hmm. in, in any way shape or form you know what i'm saying so i i don't mind um the diversifying at this point in time because i think like you said yeah. there's there's no bad publicity at right. this point in time right you know even if it's bad publicity, right. it's good yeah, publicity, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Because I mean, people are still talking. And now, you know, I talk to my friend quite a bit about um, how fast things change. Um, in particular, like, even if something does go down, something bad goes mm -hmm. down, it's only as hot as how long it's trending and, and after it goes on the timeline and it goes mm -hmm. up. Nobody's Reset. nobody's going back down to Reset. like seven weeks yeah, ago yeah. and looking and saying, you, you, you. they're not Reset. doing that. Dude. It's automatic. Yeah. It's kind of like it's there. And if you if you f deem it to be 
not a benefit for you or you're not happy about right. it, the best thing for you to do is keep quiet. Yeah. So you're saying because it's going to go away. So you're saying Elliot Spitzer for president. Who's that? It's a New York governor. What did he do? Oh, what you know? I don't know. I don't personally. I don't watch. uh, I don't have cable TV, so I don't have the twenty-four hour news cycle. I have none of that in my life, and it's been about two years, Mm -hmm. and it's much better. Oh my God, life is much better without that. And pundits, like this whole class of people called pundits, that. Well, I see. I see all the news on Twitter. You know, who's what's trending? Okay, well, why are they trending? Exactly. Let's go see why it's trending. It's trending. So, like I said, if if you. You know, like I said, feel like it's a bad thing for you or you're not happy yeah. about it, just shut up. Exactly. It's going to go away. It's going to go away. It's going to go away. control. You know what I mean? Because yeah. everything is so quick. It's it's yeah. super, super fast. Even even the success of songs. Sure. Oh, so fast. Yeah, that, the YouTube thing, right? It's over. Speaking of quick, I have to quickly go get my daughter at okay. the bus stop. So it was a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs>